This is Maurice Philogene, and welcome to the Try Life Farm podcast. Well, you may not believe it, but I've been an actor. I've tried out for the NFL, been a street cop, federal agent. I worked my way up the military chain of command to the rank of lieutenant colonel. I was also an executive at a global consulting firm, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of real estate in the United States. I've started developing on a Mediterranean island, and to boot, I've traveled to 100 countries over 300 times, and generally all this stuff at the same time. No, I'm not trying to be everywhere. I'm not trying to do everything. What I was trying to do, and I'm still trying to do, is to try life on, to plug into planet and earth as intended, and to fill my life book with experiences and relationships, and not just accept the status quo. So what we're gonna do on this podcast is introduce you to the mindset, the skill set, the soul set, the approach that is Try Life On, and expose you to the people who've been doing it just like me, their tools, their tips, their tactics to trying life on, because we all can try life on in our own way. So sit back, relax, let's go for a ride. Let's go try life on. Hey, welcome back, Try Life On family, to another edition of the Try Life On podcast with me, your host, Maurice Philogene. Today's episode is a good one. I'm going to introduce you to Sam Sells. Sam is a retired U.S. Air Force officer, just like me. He's a combat vet, but he transitioned from active duty military into owning a massive, growing a massive real estate portfolio, upwards of $100 million worth of assets. Kind of the same trajectory that I've had on my real estate journey. I love his example because a lot of people are not trying life on because they are afraid that their knowledge, their professional experience is not going to translate to something that would give them more time freedom, more financial freedom, more geographic freedom, something that would help them express purpose and build unique relationships in spaces where they just don't have. But Sam shows exactly how to do that. So he was working through the military. He was working on food insecurity and health insecurity in other parts of the world, even had a fellowship or he was a fellow for USAID, the Agency for International Development. How do you take a heavily governmental job that sticks you in one location and you are kind of chained to that location, if you will, and then translate that into a life of ultimate freedom, which is what Sam did. When he got out, he started to realize because he was paying attention to his dad His dad didn't have much money to retire. He was thinking about how do I generate passive income? Because as you know, passive income divorces your need to physically be somewhere to make that income. Bottom line, they pooled money together. They bootstrapped it with credit cards. They started helping communities through affordable housing and have slowly built up this massive portfolio of almost $100 million worth of real estate. And as Sam says at the end of the interview, and I won't give it totally away, he put himself on a trajectory to have this freedom-based lifestyle. He made his shot. He just did it and course corrected along the way. And I think that's what a lot of you need to do. A lot of you need to just jump from what you are doing, figure out the thing that's going to give you the level of freedom and the lifestyle that you want, and just get after it. It is not going to be perfect. You just do it and you course correct along the way. And man, Sam is a great, great example of it. And frankly, he's a brother in the fight because I'm a US Air Force veteran as well, Lieutenant Colonel, 22 years. I'm also in real estate and real estate gave me my freedom the same way that it gave Sam his freedom and his ability to help thousands of people. You'll hear his story. Sit back, relax, listen to the story of my man, Sam Sells, who is out there trying life on. 
Sam, welcome to the Tri Life On podcast, brother. Hey, thanks, Maurice. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, man, it's it's my pleasure to talk with you. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, man, we we spoke before. I am very aware of your journey from military days into kind of this space where you and I both play, which mm-hmm. is in the real estate space. But I'm sure it's not just because of real estate. So maybe you can give my audience a sense of how you ended up from one to the other. Yeah, great, great question. My my route was definitely uh, unconventional for sure. So spent better part of uh, 10, 12 years helping f- you know, foreign governments develop and improve their healthcare systems, and and during that process, I, I learned I learned a lot. Um, and and this is, you know, I travel Asia, East Asia, West Asia, Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa, West Africa, Europe, a lot of different places. And and one of the things that I just found is that just kept resonating to me was one. The government cannot solve all the issues we face today. And if we're going to try and pin it on them, it's just, it's just not going to happen. You can get mad at whoever's in office or, or not. They, just, they cannot do that. Right. Uh, nor do we want them to because it's, it's, you know, people are different. You're different. I'm different. You know, our lives are, are different. We don't need a cookie cutter approach to how we, we fix the world. Right. And then um, the other thing I, I really learn that kept resonating to me was that when you align incentives, people see that there's a benefit to themselves, regardless of what they're talking about. Okay. Mm-hmm. If there's a benefit to them to doing a certain thing, there's a good chance they're going to go do that thing. Right. And so as I, as I saw kind of the, the, as my career is progressing and, and focusing so much on health security, um, yeah. I so much time in in housing security and financial security and and how those two link together to create health security um and and I really wanted to focus more at what I thought was more root to health security which was housing and financial security because if you have both of those then you're you're far more likely to have higher uh, or and better uh, health outcomes yeah and you were you were doing all this stuff from the military perspective right you were active duty as active duty, um, I did spend a year as a fellow with uh, U.S. Agency of International Development, that's U.S. government's humanitarian wow. arm. Uh, that was fantastic, fantastic yeah. people working out of D.C. And, you know, I, I think, yeah, so a lot of, lot of experiences, you know, ground level experiences. Plus, I got my master's in health policy. Yeah. And so I, you know, from an educational standpoint and uh, on the ground. A lot of experience. That's awesome. So you you retired out of the service, and then what was the thing that pushed you towards? So I get you were starting to build a mindset of no, nah, I can create solutions to help people. What was it that pushed you into, or what was the the mindset shift or catalyst that pushed you into creating Wild Mountain? Yeah. So as I was looking at my retirement, I was looking at my dad's retirement. He had hardly anything saved because he, he worked for a huge construction company for twenty something years, and they didn't have any kind of a retirement plan. And uh, so he had like, you know, he's coming up in his sixties. He's got 80 grand in the bank mm. and a 401k is it's nothing. Right. Oh, yeah. no, no, you know, just, it just doesn't have anything set aside. And so I was looking at a way to create passive income and, and there's no better way that I know of 
to create passive income that other than through real estate. You just right. You can't get that in stocks. Um, you, you just can't get it unless you you are so well financially secure <laughs> and other things. So uh, we started buying some mobile home parks. We're looking at places where we can make a big difference um, and still make money. And then um, after we bought a couple, we went from you know we invested hundred grand total together. Yeah. And, you know, from credit card to refinancing my car to, I know, you know, I know that life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He know the life, you know, yeah. whatever you got to do to make it work. Right. Uh, you know, within, um, within like six or eight months, we had $12,000 a month coming in and passive or, or, you know, net cash, cash flow between the two of us. Six to eight months. I mean, did you have like a, did you have a mentor? Did you have a blueprint for doing this? Did you just go for it and course correct along the way? We just went for it, course corrected along the way. Um, you know, there are, there are a couple of books out there I recommend to people now that I think are just really good. You know, one of those being uh, the best ever apartment syndication book by Joe Fairless. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, of the, one of the best. It's just breaking down the nuts and bolts of apartment syndication. Um, you know, Hunter Thompson has a How to Raise Money a real estate book. Um, and those, when whenever somebody comes to join our team, I make them read those books first. Right on good resources. The good, the good resources. They just really, they do a great job of explaining it. Those guys have been super, super successful. And, and they're both, <clears throat> I don't, don't want this to sound the wrong way, but if you talk to Joe Fairless, he's just a dude, he's just an average guy, right? He's not, there's nothing special about him. He, yeah. You know, it's his daddy didn't own a diamond mine, you know, or gold mine, whatever, you know, Tesla's dad got, uh, you know, Elon Musk dad did, or, <laughs> you know, yeah, Trump, I got, you. I got a small million dollar loan from my dad. Right, right, right. Good old Donald. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, these guys are, are just people who sorted it out and and made it, made it happen. And so I, I, I love that narrative because it's real and it's true. Yeah. And, and here you are doing the exact same thing. So when I was reading your bio, um, I think you punched, did you punch in 2018, I think? Yeah, so I started the company in 2018. Um, yeah. And then I, I left the military in 2020 was my- 2020. All right, so we're similar in that we overlap the two things, which I think is prudent for a lot of people to do. You don't have to burn the boats right away, right? You can get going. But, but here you are on the military side, you're kind of learning about real estate was there a point where you just had, I guess I'm looking for the aha moment that said, man, real estate is actually the thing and I need to dive deep into this now. Did something happen while you were serving or you just ran into these books? You ran into these books and got the idea. What what was the initial oomph that pushed you over the top to get going? Yeah, so so we we were flipping homes off and on since the early 2000s. Okay, you were giving something a shot before. Yeah, so we we were learning through that experience. Sometimes I was the guy doing all the work. Some guy, sometimes I was partnering with somebody who would do all the physical work, and I would do the financing and the banking and the the numbers and all that stuff. Uh, provide the security for the loan. What really happened, I guess, is uh, my dad's company got he he had moved from his company to a different company. He was getting paid really well. That company got bought out, mm-hmm. and they you know removed all the senior staff. You know, put put yeah. in there stuff, right? Yeah. And so, um, and so he's like, I'm, you know, sixty 
62 years old now or 63 years old. Um, he was able to find another job, but it was just like within uh, a year, he, that same company who had bought his the other company that he was working for was starting negotiations to buy the companies with. He's like, Sam, I'm, I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. We're all cogs kind of in the space. We're all cogs. Right. Yep. And so, and I was in Florida, I was doing special operations stuff. I was traveling all over the world, having a great time. And uh, they're like, no, you can't stay here. You need to go. And I'm like, no, I, I love doing, doing this mission. This is fantastic. I am the best person in the world at this thing, which is, you know, organizing, working with state department and, you know, all these different entities that help set up these um, systems, healthcare systems for these foreign governments. And, and they're like, well, yeah, it doesn't matter. It's not part of your projection projection when we want you to become a, you know, Colonel and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, my wife, kids love Florida. We didn't want to move. Yeah. And then, you know, it's just like, oh, I didn't have a choice. And so. <laughs> That's not a good feeling, man. It's not a good feeling. And, no. and you know, all the, the folks there at the ASOC headquarters, like, hey, we'll, we'll make a position for you. Why don't you get out of the military? We can stay here. I'm like, I'm not leaving without my retirement benefits. And so I need to go do another job. And it was just really, really a painful experience. So we, we transferred to Alaska, which I loved, by the way. But uh, that was like the knock on the, you know, the door that I finally opened up and said, okay, I'm ready to start pursuing something different. Because you started to feel like you were getting, the, the writing was on the wall, if you if you will? Yeah, that, like what they wanted me to go do and what I wanted to go do were different. And, two different things, yeah. Yeah, two different things. I've, I've always been super passionate about making a, a difference in other people's lives. And I'd had lots of opportunities to do that in the military and been been fantastic and wonderful. Um, but it, it just became, it just became where, you know, you can't, you can't innovate, Sam. Um, we want you to, to do this specific thing. Yep. And, you know, I, I'd, I'd had a lot of opportunity for innovation and, and creativity and, you know, you can turn something that's just barely working and turn it into, you know, an incredible machine that's, that has so much effect. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you, military can just turn that speaker right off. Yeah, <laughs> of course they can turn it right off. I kind of had the same experience where I was leading troops in the field and uh -huh. then you get senior. I got to lieutenant colonel level. I got senior and I got the call to be pulled back to headquarters. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, was, my, that was my aha moment that it was time because you get to a certain point and that's where the progression goes. That's where people want you to be, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I get it. Okay, so fast forward. Here you are with Wild Mountain Capital. Tell me what, what you're doing now, how you're helping investors, how you're actually helping the community, which is what I love about your story, because you went from, and I just want to highlight this for people, you went from doing amazing things on the military side, you wanted to help people, career shifted, and that's where I think people aren't taking control of their career highway. It's either going to run out or you're going to get off on a particular exit, which you and I got off on our respective exits. But you did pivot. So now that you pivoted, tell, tell us a little bit about Wild Mountain and how you're helping folks out in the world. Yeah, so trajectory, right? We're all, we're all, we're on a trajectory somewhere, right? Whether you're sitting at home spending 10 hours a day watching TV and eating chips, uh, or you're, you're out in the workforce doing your job, or you're 
building a company or whatever it is, you are on a trajectory where you, whether you want to be or not, that trajectory may be down <laughs> or, or whatever. And so it's like, when we started Wild Mountain, it was how do we build a trajectory that will take us to a point where we can make a massive difference in, you know, a million lives? How can we change a million people's lives? Um, and so we, we started on this premise. And then after, you know, we started making good money, we, my dad and I had this conversation like, hey, we could just retire between my military retirement and, uh, you know, 12K a month. If we split that half, half. And this is just going to get better as time goes on and rents go up. We can, we can stop here. Right. Live a comfortable life. And as long as our expenses are lower than, I mean, we, we could live forever on that. And we decided, no, we wanted to, we wanted to have more impact. And so where are we, where are we going now? What are we doing now? Well, we're growing as sustainably and as incrementally as possible on the idea that, People can know how they're investing and you can invest in a clean, sustainable way. And you should invest with companies like you guys, like us, who care about the residents, care about the people in the process, yep. are not solely profit driven. Right. Um, and so you can have this huge win where we win, the investors win, and the community wins, the people who live there win. Um so just to share a quick anecdote, I, yeah. I went to the uh, property, uh, one of the properties we have, we have 20. Uh, I went to Flats at Brentwood, it's in Fort Worth. Uh, we took it over four months ago. Um, we were there just kind of talking to some of the staff and remarkable difference. And just, just remarkable difference. I, I remember I was talking to the property manager and she said, you know, I my life has changed. She said, your, your brother Jesse was here. And he said, he was just asking me, well, how do, how do I fix this? Or, or how do I, how am I going to do that? And he said, he goes, I, I'm just here to support you. What do you, what do you need? And, and to her, it was that, that mindset flip that she was responsible for this 180 unit property. Right. And she took ownership of it. She took ownership of it. And when we first showed up, the SWAT team was there the day we closed. There was trash everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> little, yeah, SWAT team was there, you know. Um, ugly, broken windows, and now the place is getting painted. You could feel the difference in there. Yeah. You know, there was, we saw literally that when we went to go do due diligence, we saw people stealing railroad ties out of like a garden area. <laughs> it <laughs> happens, guys, though. It happens, right? And we saw guys doing a drug deal, and they were like, you know, because we, we always drive the properties at night and they had lookouts, and they'd whistle and the other guys would all turn around and go in the cars and then come yeah. back out. And I mean, it was, it was, this was a serious place. And now you go there and it is clean. It's safe. It's amazing, man. It's just That's awesome. And, you know, I just want to distill that out and break that down for people just a bit. You just said that you bought a property. It was not the best property. You raise money, you likely raise money from private investors. You got a loan from a lending partner. You created a business plan. You're going to improve it. And now you've given, how many units is it? 180 units. So now you're given 180 families, whether single people or people who are an actual family, a better place to live while actually making money for yourself, your family, and your, your investors, right? That's right. And, and the residents are so much happier. Yep. Like the pool, the pool had been closed for six years. Wow. We fixed the pool. Yeah. 
everyone coming in there. It's 106 degrees when I was there. It's, it's oh, the pool is so wonderful. It, <laughs> yeah, and that's, dude, that's a big thing. And that's why I wanted to call it out because investing like this is not just about making money. You're impacting a lot of lives, whether it be that of the investors or that of the residents that you live there, that of the residents that live there. On your, on your side though, for you and dad and maybe the rest of your family, how does you being kind of in the investing world, running property like that, give you more freedom on a day-to-day -day basis? The fact that you're kind of running your own show. Well, um, for me and everyone on my staff, we, we don't have any set hours. You know, we, we just, we work, we get things done when we, we need to get them done. My staff's like, hey, I, you know, I'm going out to a wedding. Okay, <laughs> you know, great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Wonderful. Who's getting married? <laughs> you know. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, I'm gonna go visit whoever in New York. Great. Thank you. You know, um, it, it's it's we can be collaborative. We can work together. We can work hard. Um, we can have a ton of flexibility, and and everyone in on our team has that. Now the property has certain hours, right? So they've got their hours that they work, and then if you've been involved with property management at all, you know that those hours are can be a hundred, you know, twenty four hours a day because something happens at three o'clock in the morning. Um, but you know, for the rest of the the support staff, it's which all of us who are raising money, putting together the deals, doing all the due diligence, acquisitions, dispositions, that whole process. Um, the you know our 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 schedules are super flexible. That's awesome. And so it's great. You know, this morning I spent a lot of time with my kids because I was gone the past three or four days, and so I was able to spend a lot of time. And that's that's what really matters in life. Can can you have do you have time to do the things that you want to do? It's the time. And I do want to call out one thing you said earlier, which I love because I want to make this like attainable for people. You are doing multi-million dollar deals and but you've grown to that level. But you also said in the beginning, you and dad were talking about, hey, you did one or two or three deals or something like that. And you could have stopped right there. Yeah. You could have had your time freedom right there and your ability to go live where and how and what you want, right? Right. Right. So I think it's uh, one way that people can try life on more is exactly what you did, which was, no, I see a way to help people. I'm going to just do it and course correct along the way. I don't know if you had a regular mentor, but you certainly had mentors in the form of books that yeah. you just acted on from the beginning. And I think... What people don't understand, I want your opinion on this before we go, what people don't understand is how much we have to unlearn from all the stuff that we have learned of what profession is supposed to be. You self-educated on, I can do this in real estate, I can do this with mobile home communities, I can be sustainable, I can give back to the community. Can you just touch base on the self-education process and how important that is to defining life your way? Yeah, it's, it is critical. Self-education is critical. Had I had a mentor, I would have avoided hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of mistakes that I made. <laughs> Guilty, right? Yeah, no problem. <laughs> so I, I started providing, you know, mentorship to folks who, who are in similar shoes or in the, particularly in the beginning. Uh, we also help people transition from operators to working with large institutions. That's a big difference. Uh, but what I love about real estate is, the people who are here and, and successful are self self taught, right? Yeah, they're, they're all self taught. You know, now you can go get a master's degree in real estate, and um, I've got people on my staff who have that. 
and they know the things, but they they still either had lacked the ambition or having the right team or or whatever. There's some key t- to why they're working with me versus doing their own thing, which is fine. And I usually help people do their own thing too on my team. They're all investors on their own deals, which is great. They need to know. Yeah. You, you need to know personally. But the um, self-education is critical. Partnering with the right people is mm-hmm. critical. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. If you want to take a huge jump start in your in your system, yeah, partner with somebody who's already been doing it. Absolutely, I call finding the right partner your ability to compress the timeline mm-hmm. down to the goal, or at yeah. minimum, filling in knowledge that you don't know one way or the other. And and I find most people in general are willing to partner. Uh, we've we've met a few folks who are just kind of rude or jerks about it, and you know they they look great on social media, but in real life they're just not. They're and you're married to them. You better pick the right person to spend time with because you're married to them for the life of the deal. Yeah, yeah, I love it. <laughs> if you don't like um, them. <laughs> Sam, what would you just imparting? So what would you tell? I mean, I think there's a lot of people who are either in the military, in corporate, just working, going through the normal motions of the rat race or or what have you. I, like you, I loved my careers. I'm very happy with my careers, but I'm also happy that I unlearned things and learned how to do real estate and other entrepreneurial endeavors, more so for my ability to live my way. Mm -hmm. If you're talking to someone who is mid-level career now or starting to end up their career, or maybe not even want to go into the standard route, they want to do something more entrepreneurial like you, what would be the one bit of advice you'd give them now, knowing what you know? Trajectory, you know, um, if you don't get on that trajectory that takes you to the place where you can have the freedom you want to do whatever it is you want, you, you just won't get there, right? You can't become a doctor without going to medical school Yep. Um, unless you live in, you know, wherever, <laughs> wherever, not yeah, in America, I got you. <laughs> North or South America. So it, you, you have to get on that trajectory. And the, and the best place to start is to, by listening to podcasts, self-educating, and then finding a partner that you can work with that'll help you. I love it, man. I love it, man. And one last thing for everything that you said, where I really resonate with you is your ability to just do things and course correct along the way. I think it is stopping way too many people from getting on that trajectory that you're talking about. And if you don't get on that trajectory, you're not going to try life on your way. We're just going to kind of be stuck there doing the same old thing that we were taught to do from the beginning. So, yeah. um, Hey, where can folks find you and learn more about you and Wild Mountain? Yeah. So um, reach out to us uh, at wildmountaincapital.com is our website. You can go there. You can um, hit one of the info buttons or inquire or, or learn more. Uh, sign up for our newsletters. You can reach out to me personally, Sam at wildmountaincapital.com. Happy to respond either myself or uh, my executive assistant will reach out, respond and, and love hearing about, you know, where people are in their journeys and talking more about this. You can find me on LinkedIn, um, Instagram. I am 42 years old. The Instagram is <laughs> uh, people are helping me, let's just say. And uh, <laughs> And Twitter, I'm started on Twitter talking about, you know, affordable housing and some of these other topics that are really important. Awesome. Awesome. So if you're looking for an entrepreneurial kick in the butt, reach, reach out to Sam. Uh, his contact information will be in the show notes. 
I'll also throw in the show notes, Sam, the, the two books that you mentioned, the Joe Fairless book and a Hunter Thompson book. I'll put it in there because they are really, I read Joe Fairless's book. I didn't read Hunter's yet, yeah, um, but I appreciate you, man. And it's, I think the journey that you've had is something incredible. It sh shows and demonstrates we can have a standard work life and then try life on a little bit more and have an entrepreneurial life after the fact. But like Sam says, we have to get on that trajectory to thinking a little bit bigger, right? Yeah, have to. Yeah. All right, brother. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Appreciate right. it. Take care. Right. Hey, guys, this is Maurice, host of the Try Life On podcast. And thank you for listening to another episode. I hope you are finding it useful in helping you design your own lifestyle that you don't need a vacation from. If that's the case, please consider dropping a review for me, whether in Apple, iTunes, or in Spotify. Drop a review, put some stars on it. Give me some feedback on how I can make the podcast better, what information you are looking for. I am doing my best to get information to you on the Try Life on Principles, the five freedoms, how to build lifestyle, travel hacking, all of it. And I want to do it for you. So please do a review for me. And until next time, my name is Maurice Philogene, and this is the Try Life on Podcast. Peace.